We're glad you could join us today. Here's Fred Kuhn. Hi, everybody. We have a renewed guest today, Gretel Egan. Really excited to talk to Gretel about security awareness and all of the issues of cyber attacks and targeting. I, I want to give you a little background. Gretel is a security awareness training strategist for Proofpoint, which is a leading cybersecurity and compliance company. Gretel's been at this for a long, long time. She has extensive experience in researching and developing cybersecurity education content for Fortune 1000 companies and was named one of the 10 security bloggers to follow by IDG Enterprise. Gretel, once again, welcome to the U.S. at Work. Hi, Fred. I'm really glad to be back with you and talking about this really important topic. As you said, it's it's something that I've been doing for a while, very passionate about it, and love to share some stories and, and help people understand the importance of, of learning about cybersecurity. Well, you're a very knowledgeable guest, and so I'd like to get right into the meat of the matter, cyber attacks and healthcare. I mean, I can imagine all of the problems because when I go to the doctor, one of the things that I experience is you have to go over and pick up a record. They don't even transmit them much electronically. Not even all doctors are on that. It's a mess. And then all of a sudden, the hackers decide they want to have a field day. So why don't, what trends are you seeing in cyber attacks regarding healthcare? Something inside of healthcare that we're seeing even in other industries that, that becomes very critical in healthcare because healthcare is that critical infrastructure makeup of our country and, and, and globally, we're all kind of connected to that healthcare space. We're all patients in some way or another. So obviously, cyber attackers do see that very large attack surface, that very data-rich attack surface, and they really want to get to be a, a part of it. They, they want to benefit from that, and we do see them focusing on people. This is something we're seeing across all industries, across all organizations, as we talked about last time. They're looking for those direct inroads to workers inside of healthcare organizations where they can take an attack directly to people and force people into making mistakes or encourage people to make mistakes. And then they then take advantage of those mistakes. So we see workers inside of healthcare organizations being targeted and, and being those initial points of compromise in an organization inside of a cyber attack okay. situation. Let's, let's get down to the specifics, specifics of this. I'm a um, bookkeeper at United Healthcare, let's say, just for example. How would they go after me, and what what do I need to look for? I mean, if I'm any employee, if I'm a nurse, if I'm a doctor, I'm accessing their system. What are the issues for me? So we see attackers looking up and down organization charts. Right, It's not just about going after the CFOs and the CEOs and the board members. They're really looking at the org charts for organizations and finding those places of opportunity and access. And as you said, it's a bookkeeper, but it's also a nurse practitioner and it's a doctor. And certainly it's someone on the accounting team. So many roles and responsibilities inside of healthcare organizations. So we see attackers going to social media, for example. They might go to LinkedIn. It's, it's a great resource because people have 
so much data out there about the work they're doing. They have their titles, they have their career objectives, they have their background. So attackers do have the ability to see right there, what does this person do for this organization? And then they craft an email that is relatable to the employee that they're going after. Um, you know, if it's a bookkeeper, they might go to them and say, this is an invoice payment that needs to be made. If it's a nurse practitioner, they may pretend to be a patient. If it is a doctor, we've seen even people pretending to be a conference, reaching out to a doctor and asking them to speak at a conference. So we see attackers not only just going to people, but being very personalized in the way that they are approaching the people that they're attacking and crafting these attacks in a way that makes a recipient of an email or a phone call or a social media message want to engage. Okay. So one of the things that I've noticed when I get these spams in and these hacking uh, attempts, they put in audit at stuartcoopercoon.com. That seems to be where it's coming from. But in fact, if you look at the email address, the source code, it's somewhere in Czech Republic or it's somewhere in Bulgaria or, you know, I mean, it's, it's with a country code and a whole different email address. So I know that way that not to respond to that stuff, just put it in spam fighter and knock it out. Correct. Um, so how do you train folks to be observant? What should they be looking for? You know, there are certain hallmarks of quote-unquote, more obvious phishing attacks, right, where you say, you know, if you hover over that from address and what you see come up doesn't match what you're seeing inside the email itself, right, you have that mismatch where this, on the surface it appears to be coming from that audit address, as you said, but really underneath, yes, they've used some spoofing techniques. Attackers can do the same thing with, with links inside of an email. They can they can put in anything they want and make it look on the surface like it's a trusted link. But if a user hovers over the link, what pops up is a mismatch. And you see that if the link is not going where you believe it to go. In some cases, we'll see instances of less than stellar grammar. Um, or things that seem a bit off from a messaging perspective, because sometimes you do have people writing in non-native, you know, English is not their first language. And so that kind of comes through in a translation perspective. It seems quite a bit off. The biggest piece of advice that I would give to anyone, and this is really regarding a social media message, an email, a phone call, a text message, is to verify to take a step back and find a way to verify outside of that communication channel. For example, you do not want to call a phone number that's in an email that you receive because we actually see attackers setting up phony phone numbers and call stations where they'll answer an incoming call as though it's the organization you believe you're contacting and it's really all just a big farce. So what we really advocate people do is to go outside of that communication channel, go to a known website, look to a credit card, a number on the back of a credit card, call that known number, call that person that you believe at another company just sent you this email, call them through a known and trusted contact channel and say, hey, did, is this actually real? Did you want me to pay this invoice? Did you tell me that my account has been compromised and I need to reset my password? You know, it is kind of taking that 
non-technical route in some ways to stop a technical attack. I know. I I received one from the Secretary of Treasury the other day. It said uh, he had $50 million that he needed to distribute to me. And then I get, dear beloved, and I get, oh my gosh, they go on and on and on, all of these, and the misspellings and the the sentencing grammar. You know that it's it's not real. People can become very frightened in that moment. I received a voicemail the other day telling me that my social security number was being deactivated and I needed to call a phone number in order to make sure that everything was fine. You know, people can, in that moment, react in, you know, that knee-jerk way, right? Oh, I'm afraid, and so I need to act right away. It's so important to, you know, take that breath, take that step back, and really verify in a known way that what you're dealing with is legitimate. Yeah, the one that's really scary is you see it looks very legitimate, and they have a link in there. And so it looks legitimate, and you just, by habit, click on the link. You're absolutely right there, Fred, and it is about, it's not just about necessarily learning new skills, it is about kind of breaking habits that we've already established, right? We've been using email for years, we've been using our cell phones for years, we've been using the web for years, but we didn't learn how to use them securely, we learned how to use them to do our jobs and how to go about our regular life. So now we're having to kind of relearn some of these technologies that have, have been become so comfortable for us and really have to break those bad habits and relearn new habits. So it takes some time, but it's so worth it really to just continue to reinforce to employees that it's so important to be thoughtful in your actions. Don't just simply react in the moment, but think and act thoughtfully. It just takes more time. And I couldn't begin to calculate the amount of time that is, if we did it right, and we all checked that other source, and we went back and verified and all of that, I can't imagine how much time that would cost workers in the United States and corporations. In some ways, it can be time-consuming, but when we think about something like a business email compromise attack or a wire transfer fraud attack, where you have someone asking you to wire hundreds of thousands of dollars, certainly worthwhile to take the two or three minutes to call the person that has asked and requested and get that voice-to-voice confirmation rather than simply just acting blindly and saying, oh, I have to do this because someone important asked me to do it. You do want to take those moments for voice-to-voice confirmation because it literally can be a swing of, of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Yeah, and it isn't the number that's given in the email either. If you Correct. don't know, if my advice is if you don't know that person, if it's not somebody you're doing business with, if they're not known and can't be looked up on the web and contacted, delete it. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, I think it's so important to empower employees and for organizations. That, and, you know, healthcare moves so very quickly, right? And, and, and moments count in a healthcare setting in, in many cases. But I think it's so important for organizations to go to their employees and their staff members and say, you know, we want you to be thoughtful. We want you to make sure that the actions you're taking are to your benefit and to the organization's benefit. And empowering employees and making them feel that they have the room 
to ask questions and make good decisions, make thoughtful decisions rather than just trying to move and operate as quickly as they possibly can. Folks, we have spent, again, another wonderful 15 minutes with Gretel Egan, who is a leading cybersecurity and compliance training strategist for Proofpoint. Gretel, thank you so much for joining us today on the U.S. at Work. Fred, I appreciate it very much. Thanks for joining us. If you wish to speak with Fred or you want a transcript of this interview, send an email to podcast at stuartcoopercoon.com. See you soon.